You're listening to the Course Report Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Course Report is the most complete resource for coding boot camps. On our site, we have thousands of reviews, hundreds of interviews, and a full directory of every coding boot camp around the world. On our podcast, we're sharing everything you need to stay up to date on this blossoming industry. Whether you're a boot camp founder or a future student, we hope you'll learn something on the Course Report Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the September 2021 Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. I'm Liz. And I'm Jess. And we're from the Course Report team. So we spend our days helping students choose the best coding bootcamps for them. But each month, we round up all of the most interesting bootcamp industry news that we read about and chatted about in the virtual Course Report office, which means we sent each other on Slack, (laughs) and we share it with you. So Jess, what are we going to cover in this month's episode? We're going to talk about quite a few fundraises and a new bootcamp CEO, and then we're going to dig into news about ISA regulation and university bootcamp oversight. Then we'll talk through new diversity initiatives in data science and the value of a university degree versus a bootcamp, including a new industry that's dropping the degree requirement. And we'll tell you about the five new coding bootcamps that we added to the course report directory in September. All right, let's kick things off with news about five fundraises, one major donation, and a new CEO at Fodder in School. TechCrunch reports that Coder School landed $2.6 million in pre-Series A this month. So Coder School is based out of Ho Chi Minh City in Vietnam, and the funds are going to be used to scale up its online platform. And according to Forbes and Tech in Asia, an online coding school in Singapore called Rocket Academy has raised $1.1 million in pre-seed funding from 50 angel investors and venture capitalists in Southeast Asia, including the co-founder of DoorDash, Stanley Tang. Rocket Academy plans to use this fundraise to scale by hiring more senior engineers to lead its education, product, and growth teams, and it's also looking to expand to Hong Kong and Australia in the near future. So technically, this is August news, but did you hear that the education upscaling company Emeritus announced a $650 million funding round? So this now values the company um, at $3.2 billion. Emeritus has been expanding into the K-12 market, but here at Course Report, we know Emeritus from their university bootcamp partnerships. Yes, that makes Emeritus a major competitor to Trilogy and to you now. So we know Turing School as a fantastic nonprofit engineering boot camp that's based in Denver. They've been around forever. But this month, we heard news of another Turing, Turing College, which is an online self-paced data science career school that's based in Lithuania, but they teach students across Europe. Turing College announced a $1.05 million seed round to continue expansion. They were part of the YC uh, W21 batch, and they've now received $2.5 million in funding in total. And they're going to use that funding to expand to other countries across Europe, though they'll initially focus on the Netherlands and Estonia. For Turing College, even though they're online, they're community-based, so they'll roll out physical meetups and social events. 
The Miami Times reports that Detroit-based Automation Works Institute, the nation's only black tech diversity consulting and upskilling institution, has received a $10 million donation from Blair that it says will drive the expansion of its cybersecurity, network engineer, and development certification courses to people of color across America. Blair is an ISA provider, so the new funding will increase access to Automation Works program using ISAs. Very interesting. And according to the Birmingham Business Journal, Vero Skills has raised a $500,000 seed round. Vero Skills was founded by Daniel Walsh, who previously started True Coders in Alabama, um, which is why we're kind of mentioning this one, because Vero Skills is a platform for learning to code online. It's not necessarily a boot camp, but still interesting to see in the space. And in leadership news, Flatiron School has appointed Kate Casino as its new CEO. Kate was recently the CEO of global ed tech company Hobson's, and Flatiron founder Adam Enbar says that Kate is, quote, superbly qualified to help broaden Flatiron's reach and grow the number of people who can benefit from its founding mission of bettering lives through education. Welcome to Kate. Now, September was a big month for ISAs and just sort of general regulatory news. If you're new to the bootcamp world, an ISA is an income share agreement. And for the last few years, this kind of impending regulation around ISAs has been looming and we seemingly got some movement on that in September. Right. So Higher Ed Dive reports that ISA provider Better Future Forward received a consent order from the Federal Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Essentially, the CFPB is requiring that Better Future Forward provide disclosures in order to change how the ISA company calculates payment caps to avoid prepayment penalties. The CFPB is also doing this to basically get Better Future Forward to admit that ISAs are in fact loans. CFPB's acting director, Dave Yuhio, says, quote, the ISA industry cannot pretend that core consumer protection laws do not apply to their products, end quote. This move by the CFPB against Better Future Forward is receiving some criticism from folks like Beth Akers, a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, who says that the CFPB's order is, quote, both predictable and unfair, end quote. Akers' concern is that a move like this casts a shadow over all ISAs, no matter how generous they are to their borrowers, as predatory lending. So right now, there's no clear answer as to how this matter will resolve. Better Future Forward used disclosures inside its ISA that mirrored basic elements required under federal laws governing lenders. A Business Insider article highlights how Better Future Forward CEO Kevin James says they really want to work with policymakers to conceive of a uniform set of reforms so ISAs have more structure and regulation going forward. Yeah, this is kind of what we see with the university boot camp regulation space or like regulatory initiatives is that, you know, when a government agency like announces that they want more oversight over programs like this, uh, the programs themselves seem to be quite open to that and trying to, you know, adhere to whatever basic elements of, of regulation that they can already. But uh, this is just kind of the start here. I, in fact, actually... Jess, I don't think that Better Future Forward actually works with any boot camps. Yeah, I don't think Did so either. That? No, yeah. they didn't specifically to call it my knowledge, out. they don't. Yeah. yeah. But still definitely relevant to our world. 
And Heather Payne, the CEO of Juno College of Technology, wrote a guest post in BetaKit this September, reflecting on the lessons that they've learned about offering ISAs to their students. It's nice to hear a school's perspective on this, definitely worth a read, especially a school like Juno, which judges the success of its ISA program based on how it's impacting students' lives, um, not necessarily just based on revenue. And early on, Heather says that they are seeing near-perfect repayment rates and a positive return on investment, which will allow them to increase the number of ISAs that they can offer over time. ISAs aren't the only area that we've seen a turn in regulation. University and boot camp partnerships such as 2U, Wiley Education Services, and academic partnerships remain under scrutiny even after they have begun releasing their own very first transparency or impact reports. Inside Higher Ed points out that while these reports focus on student outcomes and course or program cost, they still aren't answering many critics' questions about the financial arrangements between university and these online program management OPM. It's interesting just because I feel like for us, we really care about student outcomes, right, in a Mm -hmm. program like this. And what it seems that the government wants to see is more like visibility into the structure uh, or like the structural arrangements arrangements of these partnerships. So I personally am like really way more excited to see information about actual student outcomes than knowing like who is yeah. like earning <laughs> revenue from these from these partnerships. But just interesting. Sorry to butt in. Yeah, no, no problems at all. Yeah. And, and the reports, I mean, these are the first reports that we've seen from 2U and Wiley and academic partnerships. They are reporting, it seems like strong student outcomes. So that's good. We haven't yet received any definitive word from the Biden-Harris administration about OPMs and OPEs and whether there'll be any kind of new regulation around university bootcamp partnerships. But Inside Higher Ed mentions that several officials within the current education department have questioned the benefits of these kinds of programs. So, you know, a lot, a lot to wait and see here. Definitely. And in more positive news, NYC Data Science Academy announced that they were accredited by the ACCET in September. The ACCET is the Accrediting Commission for Continuing Education and Training. And to our knowledge, NYC Data Science Academy is the only data science boot camp to receive that ACCET accreditation. So congrats. And that also kind of opens up potential opportunities for applicants to receive student aid and more importantly, visas in this situation. So very cool. Well, we're at a funny crossroads in the bootcamp space right now because regulators in the U.S. are clearly starting to focus more on bootcamps, those university partnerships and, you know, on ISAs. But at the same time, government initiatives like vet tech and countless workforce development programs are giving bootcamps the stamp of approval and really relying on them for training. Jess, tell us about the U.S. Digital Corps. Yeah, so along those lines, the White House launched its official U.S. Digital Court this September. And so the U.S. Digital Court is a two-year fellowship aimed at placing early career software engineers, data scientists, and other technologists at federal agencies. FedScoop says this program is reminiscent of the Peace Corps. Digital Corps apprentices will be tasked with improving IT service in relation to large events like the COVID pandemic that we've just seen, economic recovery, and cybersecurity threats. 
Another cool thing about this program is that apprentices are chosen based on skill, so not by credentials alone. So recruits are coming from traditional college backgrounds as well as alternative education pathways such as coding boot camps, and we love to see that. HR Dive reports that the Department of Labor has committed $90 million for employee training to aid workers who were displaced by the pandemic. $90 million is double what the Department of Labor was originally going to put towards this employee training aid, and the funds will also cover career guidance. Short-term training is also important to current employees. According to HR Dive, a poll found that 50% of employees were concerned about the future of their work due to a potential skills gap, specifically technology, computer, and occupation-specific training. But 45% said they would be more likely to stay with their current employer if they were offered some kind of skills training. Remember that in 2020 alone, 40 boot camps worked with partners on corporate training and trained over 25,000 students in those partnerships. And on the other side of the equation, another article from HR Dive this September points out that employers want the exact same thing that employees want. Rather than hiring new employees, companies are increasingly interested in reskilling their current workforce, with 60% of hiring decision makers already planning on reskilling their employees by the end of 2021. The big reasons driving this new reskilling trend is because companies are finding it difficult to fill open positions. Plus, a company can trust that their current employees are a fit within the organization. It's just a case of finding a better role for them. And then on CIO Dive, spokespeople from five organizations shared how they've set up tech training programs at their own companies and how these have helped with employee retention. So if you're an employer, check that one out. But Definitely consider, you know, we've seen so many successful partnerships between major corporations and boot camps um, that have helped those, you know, corporations reskill employees and retain their their workforce and just just kind of upskill there. So really cool potential. Yeah. Back in 2018, Utah launched its Rural Online Initiative, also known as ROI, which supplied training and career support to rural Utah residents so they could work remotely in a tech job. Fast forward to 2020, this program took on a whole new meaning for Utah residents and companies negotiating the new landscape of finding remote work and then working remotely without burning out. According to ROI's impact report from 2019 through 2020, 20% of participants landed remote work and then 90% were confident in their ability to find remote work after completing this program. Those who have begun remote tech work have seen a 38% salary lift, which is super great. Overall, these kinds of programs are just great for rural areas because it keeps communities intact and it also brings in those good paying jobs seen in oftentimes more populated areas to these rural residents. Great timing also, launching that program in 2018. Yeah. Great foresight. Right before this huge uh, push for remote yeah. work. Very cool. We continued to see plenty of back and forth about the value of a four-year college degree in today's world. CNBC highlighted Kate Lillamuen, a 21-year-old college grad who enrolled at Tech Elevator and then landed her first software engineering role. Reflecting on her education journey, Kate says, quote, if I knew then what I know now, I probably would have skipped college, end quote. 
Yeah, and Axios dug in a bit more on this cultural shift we're seeing right now in education as more employers, including big ones like Google, Bank of America, IBM, and Apple, now accept job applicants with alternative credentials instead of just accepting applicants with college degrees. So, of course, it's no surprise to us here at Course Report that since 2020, there has been a new surge in alternative education pathways such as boot camps. James Ryu, the CEO of education company Stride Inc., which acquired Hack Reactor and Galvanize, says that, quote, we have generations and generations of parents that are just conditioned that their kids should go to college, but our country's mantra should now be no college required, end quote. Jess, I was just reading an Adweek article about how many ad agencies are following in the steps of big tech companies by ditching that college Mm. degree requirement. And of course, you know, we know that there are many digital marketing boot camps, which would be a great path into an ad agency without having to go through that traditional college pathway. So cool to see other industries following Mm -hmm. in those footsteps. And in geek time, Ingrid Toppelberg, who is the CPO of Cybent Solutions, shared her perspective on how bootcamp partnerships expand the university's ability to cater to employment-focused students. And of course, Cybent powers university bootcamps. Uh, so we will kind of take this with a grain of salt, but she does make some really good points about the advantages of, you know, for a university in partnering with a bootcamp. Forbes contributor Steve Tangler also took on the college versus coding bootcamp question this month. He airs some of the skepticism that we often hear around coding bootcamps, such as like, how can someone truly become tech proficient and job ready in just 13 weeks? Um, But Steve also points out the return on investment that bootcamp grads may be seeing versus their college education counterparts. Steve points out that it could take a computer science college grad 26 years to surpass a boot camp grad's head start in making money in the tech field. Um, yeah, so that it's is a bit- such an interesting, uh, <laughs> yeah, metric right there. Metric. Yeah, yeah, this, absolutely. This piece is definitely kind of an opinion piece, but sure. um, it's it's a good sort of back and forth about the pros and cons of both boot camp space and college space right now. So definitely check it out. Diversity in the data science field was top of mind this month. Globe and Mail reports that women make up just 15% to 22% of the current data science workforce. In an interview with Kishana Peck, who runs Toronto Women in Data Science, she points out that many mid-career women already use many data skills in their roles, but just aren't aware that they could pivot those into a full-blown data science career. Correlation One just launched its third women's-only cohort of their Data Science for All program. Remember that Data Science for All is a seven-week fellowship program where the tuition is covered by employer partners, so free to students, and then fellows go on to receive mentorship and job opportunities from those employer partners. Such a great program. Um, The Hill covered a report released by Aspen Institute's Tech Policy Hub and Aspen Digital this month, and it detailed how to diversify the cybersecurity field. 
So right now, most cybersecurity professionals in the field are white and male, with only 4% of cybersecurity workers self-identifying as Hispanic, 9% as Black, and 24% as women. The report includes so many recommendations on how to diversify the cybersecurity field, including offering more mentorship programs, strengthening cybersecurity education initiatives, and shifting hiring processes in order to attract more diverse talent. And that could also mean, you know, looking at skills versus just degrees in order to diversify your tech talent there. Flatiron CEO Kate Casino says, quote, together we will cultivate more equitable access to opportunity and career advancement for our students and create more flexible talent pipelines and practices that will allow employees and employers to thrive. With large tech companies like Google, Amazon, and Duolingo calling Pittsburgh home, the city has been an up-and-coming place, which has seen an overall salary lift for the city's tech employees. A recent article by Technically, though, points out that there is racial disparity in who is seeing that salary lift. Academy Pittsburgh, a local coding boot camp founded in 2016, says their graduates see salary increases. And for those who are already working in, in some kind of tech adjacent field, those salary increases are definitely larger. But founder John Lange admits that a salary increase doesn't fully address systemic issues such as loan debt, family support, and inherited savings for non-white technologists in Pittsburgh. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that city continues to adjust to its new sort of tech landscape. And just that's really typically what we see in our outcomes report as well, is that there's an overall salary lift for anyone who goes to a boot camp. Mm -hmm. But then when you really dig into who performs the best after a boot camp in terms of salary and percentage employed, you still see that racial disparity and gender disparity, et cetera. But yeah, I think that's pretty much across the board. You got to dig into those numbers to like mm -hmm. really see who is succeeding the most in tech and after a boot camp. Well, as for new schools, we heard news of a few boot camps expanding to new global territories. Just start us off. So Holburton is expanding into the Balkans now. It announced a new campus opening up in January 2022 in Tirana, Albania. Cybent, who we talked about earlier, has partnered with Zepto Education, which is the leading education tech company in the Philippines, to launch a new cybersecurity boot camp there in the Philippines. Zepto will be managing those courses with cybersecurity company Mantua Cybersecurity. Cybent is also partnering with the Texas-based training company CyberOps Training Academy so they can offer courses to the Texan business community. And this month, we added five new schools to the course report directory. Yeah, that's right, Liz. So we added Online Bootcamp Academy XI, which has a few courses powered by Flatiron School. We added Cleveland State Tech Bootcamps and UT Dallas Tech Bootcamps, which are both powered by Full Stack Academy. And we added UX Design Bootcamp SVC Seattle and Machine Learning Bootcamp Zaka. Well, Jess, let's wrap this episode up as we usually do by sharing our favorite blog posts that we worked on for the Course Report blog this month. Um, Jess, you published so many great success stories, great like before-after stories with bootcamp alumni. Uh, what was your favorite piece to work on this month? 
you know, I did get to talk to so many great bootcamp alumni this month, but I was super excited to publish a piece. It was an interview with Yolanda Natal Santos about the Microsoft Leap apprenticeship program. So Microsoft Leap is a paid full-time apprenticeship that is aimed at diversifying the tech pipeline. Leap apprentices, who I think they call them leapers, um, first complete a kind of like bootcamp experience, and then they're placed on a specific Microsoft team within the organization. The LEAP program is really competitive to get into, but Yolanda shared how bootcamp grads, such as the grads from Sabio, make a big impression on the LEAP admissions team. So if you've been wondering what you can do after bootcamp, definitely check out this program spotlight to figure out if LEAP could be a good match for you. And if you do apply, best of luck. Absolutely. Such a great on-ramp into Microsoft, um, especially for a bootcamp grad. Yeah. And great for your resume. Um, (laughs) And Liz, what was your favorite piece to work on this month? Well, my favorite piece was actually another podcast, if you can believe it. So I got to interview Liam Bull, who graduated from Grand Circus in Detroit in 2017. And four years later, he's working as a software engineer at Quicken in Detroit, a Detroit-based company. Love that. And to pay for his boot camp, Liam took out a loan with a living stipend so that he could live in downtown Detroit and like really focus all of his attention on the boot camp. He took out that loan from Ascent Funding, which was previously called Skills Fund. And so give that episode a listen or, you know, read through the transcript on our blog. We've gotten a lot of questions from readers, like how did, you know, how do I weigh my funding options and was it ultimately worth it to take out a loan for a boot camp? And Liam was gracious enough to answer all of those questions and so many more. So quick, you know, 20, 30 minute episode, it'll answer a lot of your questions about boot camp loans. And that does it for our September 2021 podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. Keep checking in on Course Report for all the latest about online and now in-person bootcamp opportunities. Um, We'll see you next month on our October Coding Bootcamp News Roundup. And we love feedback per usual. So please email us your thoughts at hello at coursereport.com. Like I was saying last time we did our, uh, you know, the last piece that we did about bootcamp loans. We got some great feedback and questions to ask the next person that we interviewed about taking out a bootcamp loan. And so we really take that feedback into account. So yeah, email us your thoughts. Hello at coursereport.com. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please help other future bootcampers find it by going to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you found this podcast and subscribing to the Course Report podcast and leaving a review. We'll see you in October. See you in October. Bye.